Welcome to Studio Berlin, our current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. I'm your host, Sylvia Cunningham. Schools are back open this week in Berlin, amid uncertainty if a recent surge of cases means that we are experiencing a second coronavirus wave in Germany. So what are students, teachers, and parents concerned about here in Berlin? And what measures are in place to minimize the risk of COVID-19 outbreaks? Later in the show, we will hear from two teachers from different Berlin districts, and we'll also hear from a child who is now back in the classroom, as well as her mom. But first, we want to get an overview of the new pandemic ground rules in schools. Joining me on the phone is Professor Olaf Kuller, head of the Department of Educational Research and Psychology at the Leibniz Institute for Science and Mathematics Education at the University of Kiel. Hi, thank you for making the time. Uh, hello. Professor Kuller, you are one of the authors that worked on a statement released by the German National Academy of Sciences, Leopoldina, on how education can be successful during the pandemic. So before we talk about the statement itself, for those who don't know, can you give a little explanation as to what Leopoldina is? It's the oldest National Science Academy all over the world. It has a history of more than 400 years. And typically, Leopoldina is authoring uh, such papers as the last ad hoc paper where researchers from different uh, disciplines come together to write relatively short proposals or expertises about central problems that drive societies. And uh, currently, it's particularly the corona pandemic where we published the fifth ad hoc uh, expertise on the uh, corona pandemic and uh, particularly with respect to schools. And this is what Leopoldina has often done, and all these papers are not really scientific papers, but they are uh, more or less recommendations for politicians how to deal with problems or such severe problems like now the uh, corona problem. And these are recommendations that Chancellor Angela Merkel and her government do take into consideration. So what are those essential pieces of advice in the most recent statement? I think in general, we were all thinking that that it is of central importance to minimize the risk of future infections in school. That is defining in the optimal scenarios, relatively small fixed uh, epidemiological groups in school that do not interact with each other in everyday school. But we were aware that this can only be done when it's really possible, given all the conditions in school. And we also recommended wearing face masks in corridors and when entering and leaving the school building. Um, Particularly for older students, we also recommended that uh, they should wear these face masks during the lessons, which could be a problem for the students. But nevertheless, we thought that this is very important to minimize infection risks. And finally, from a more uh, medical point of view, we also recommended to following the distance rule, uh, which usually prevents infections. Uh, In addition, there is a clear recommendation to provide infrastructural conditions in as many schools as possible to enable digital learning, both at home and in school through learning platforms, video conferencing systems, intelligent tutorial systems, and other measures. This also, and this is very important, includes uh, equipping uh, teachers with digital devices and train these teachers in the use of digital media. And uh, finally, we have also recommended that cooperation between schools and parents should be strengthened so that parents can support home learning of their children more effectively 
uh, in the case that schools close again. And here in Berlin specifically, much of what you have talked about is in place. This idea of cohorts and, and social distancing when possible. The Berlin Senate also says that students should wear mouth and nose coverings when in hallways, but they're actually not required to wear them while in the classroom during instruction. And there has been a bit of debate about that. What do you think? It doesn't make sense for kindergarten or for primary school. But once you are in upper secondary level where they are 16 to 18 years old, why shouldn't they wear masks? In the most recent statement, um, you mentioned that Denmark is playing a leading role in handling education during this pandemic. So what can Germany learn from the Danish approach? Uh, uh, Let me say, first of all, that Denmark started or has started already 20 years ago providing schools with all the infrastructure that is uh, necessary for digital learning, not only at home, but also uh, in school. And this means that all teachers in Denmark Uh, They got computers from their schools. Most students bring their own uh, computers to school. And those students who don't bring their own computer to school get the computers from the school. And both the teachers and the students in Denmark have learned to combine traditional uh, teaching in the classroom and uh, digital teaching at home. And once the schools uh, are closed, they don't have problems to uh, run all the uh, teaching at home. So... I think it's time for Germany now to do things that have been done in Denmark 20 years ago. But this at-home learning, this distance learning, do you think that that is an effective way of education? Um, Because, I mean, in in this ad hoc statement, you say that it's chiefly important that children get back in the classroom. So how important is it to then have that one-on-one, face-to-face instruction? I think uh, school is not only a place for learning, but also of social interaction, what we call social learning. So I think it's very important that students meet their peers and their teachers because social interaction via Internet is totally different from this face-to-face interaction. And particularly younger children, when they are in social situations and they have really to learn to decode these social situations to build up in the, in the long run these social competencies. So I think it's important to have this digital infrastructure for distance learning, but the younger the children are, the more important is that they really have opportunities for these social interactions with both with peers and with their teachers. We've talked a little bit about the equipment that's necessary for distance learning, so computers or that kind of technology, but how much is the German curriculum actually in need of retooling so that students have the proper training on this type of technology? Uh, I mean, for example, later on in the show, we will hear from a teacher who previously told me about an incident in the spring when his classes were doing um, this distance learning, and he sent around a PDF, and there was one student who didn't know how to open it, which you might consider a quite basic computer skill. So how much does the curriculum need to be revamped? I think this is really uh, much work because uh, it's not only a a problem of curricula. Uh, You know, we have the 16 federal states with their own curricula. So it's an uh, issue of harmonizing these. So I think to some extent it's a problem of uh, uh, changing or developing the curricula. But the, the bigger problem from my point of view is teachers' professional development and cooperation of teachers and parents. 
Okay, interesting. Well, Professor Olaf Kuller is one of the experts from the German Academy Leopoldina. He recently worked on a set of recommendations for what schools should be doing during the pandemic to keep children safe. Thank you for your time, Professor Kuller. Yeah, thank you very much. We've heard now about what the experts are recommending in schools. Now let's hear from someone who is actually in the classroom. Joining me now on the line is 12-year-old Sidonie Corey, who goes to a bilingual school in Berlin, and her mother, Anda. Hello and welcome. Hi. Hi. Sidonie, I want to start with you. First off, how was your first day back at school? It was really good and fun and interesting and a little scary because there's tons of big kids and we're the littlest kids in the secondary school now. And you are in the seventh grade. Are you glad to be back in school after the summer vacation? I mean, I do miss sleeping in, <laughs> and but uh, it's actually really fun and the teachers are really nice. What was your favorite part about being back? Well, I got to see my two best friends, um, Ziri and Kahlo, and we like planned our seventh grade year <laughs> already. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny seeing them and well, fun seeing them. And we had also ice cream for lunch. So, mm. Ice cream for lunch. That's always a good day. Um, so how many students are in your class? It's the first year where the seventh grade has two classes. And I think there's 16 kids in each class. And so you all kind of stay in these cohorts and move through the building that way? Yes. And were you wearing a mask throughout the day uh, while you were in the hallways? Yeah, the only time we get to take off our mask is when we're sitting down in the classrooms or when we're sitting down at lunch. How does that feel to wear a mask throughout the day? It's a little uncomfortable, but I'm getting kind of used to it. And do you feel like overall there was this kind of sense of excitement about being back in school? Well, I think all the kids were a little bit nervous, but me and my friends were like laughing and having an amazing time the whole time. So, And what do you think was the reason behind some of those nerves that you mentioned? I was scared that like, I don't know, the subjects wouldn't make sense or the teachers weren't nice. Okay, but what I'm hearing are things that I I guess I think I would have been afraid of, too, when I was your age. So, I mean, new classes and subjects, but it wasn't really nerves related to the coronavirus or the the health situation. I mean, I was scared at first, but we spent like half a year in lockdown and it doesn't surprise me anymore. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sidonie. And if you can pass me to your mom now. Hi, Anda. Hi. And you're originally from the United States. You've lived in Berlin for about 10 years now. And you also have a son who's seven years old. On the first day of school, did you drop um, both your kids off at school? So I didn't go with my daughter. I took my son to the primary school. Okay. And what was your impression when you dropped him off? Um, It was a lot like any other first day of school, to be honest, except for everybody was wearing masks and nobody was hugging. Okay. I mean, it was like parents standing outside, dropping kids off, taking first grade parents, taking photos, you know, everybody hasn't seen each other all summer or sometimes since February. So everybody's like trying to catch up, but also, you know, everybody's wary of, um, you know, we're all, we know what time we're living in. So they're also kind of 
staying at one and a half meters apart. But on the, on the other hand, it was really normal. Like everybody's in a great mood. I think a lot of parents are really excited that their kids are going back to school and getting out of the house. Are you, are you one of those parents that's uh, really excited? <laughs> um, I work from home, so I'm really um, looking forward to like having more time to like focus at home. So yeah, I'm, I was happy to see them, to see them off. And how was it getting prepared to send the kids back off to school? It was funny because we were getting ready and I was sewing masks, like new back to school masks for the kids because the school wrote us and said the kids would need like probably two or three pairs in case they lose them. So, I mean, the preparations were at once the same, but then also wildly different. Have you been talking to a lot of other parents about what to expect with school coming back and COVID-19? No matter what you're doing when you're talking with anybody, it always kind of comes up at some point, the pandemic itself, because it affects like everything you do. I think for the most part, me and my friends were just sort of uh, had an attitude of, well, just take it as it comes. Like, okay, well, we're going back to school. That's what's happening. You just have to I don't know, just roll with what the Senat has told you. <laughs> you know, you have to roll with <laughs> until they tell you something different. The Senat, the Berlin Senate, um, how do you feel they have handled the return to school? Do you feel like you've gotten the information you need? I mean, well, we've, we've definitely gotten the information we need. It's our school that's really done a great job communicating with us. I think the only complaint, I guess, for lack of a better word, I have is that it always feels like it's kind of like the last minute when we get the information, like they tell the information and then the school has to quickly sort of come up with a plan based on the information and then tell us. And then we all is just kind of rapidly reacting to that. But I mean, our school, you know, sent us lots of emails telling us about health expectations they had for the kids and what the changes they put in place and what the what the day should be like for the kids. I don't have any negative things to say about how they've handled it. I think that in general, Germany itself has done a pretty good job handling this. And has the school uh, informed you what would happen in the event of an outbreak? I think that what they said is they would have to make that decision when it happens, whether or not to close the school or not close the school. Um, we're really, me and my husband are really lucky that if if we had to go back to, if the school was closed, where our schedules are so flexible, we could handle it. But I really want this to work. I want the kids to be in school and have it be like a successful project. I think that there's like such a huge amount of learning that happens at school beyond just like learning, reading and math. So I think the experience of being in a classroom and working with others and all that stuff is so important. I I really hope that we don't see another closure. Right, which would probably mean a return to this distance learning. How did that go for your family in the spring? I mean, on the one hand, it was, again, not super hard. Um, As you mentioned, we're both, uh, our whole family is from the U.S. and we speak like English 100% at home. So there's like a level of integration that the kids get from going to their school that they couldn't get. You know, we had months at home where I really worried, like, the kids are not hearing German anymore, except for on television and on radio, or on, like, the apps the teachers have given them. We're in a situation where the kids really need um, the school environment, yeah, for, like, integration purposes as well. 
Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, Anda Corey is a Berlin mom originally from the U.S., and her 12-year-old daughter, Sidonie, goes to a bilingual school here. Thank you both for joining me. Bye. Bye. We're taking a short break. When we come back, we will hear from another key part of this equation. Teachers, stay with us. Hey, you. You've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, The Takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin. Today on the program, we're talking about the return to school amid the pandemic. This is Berlin Education Senator Sandra Scheres at a press conference last week. She said school this year is compulsory, as it always is, and accordingly, schools will be open as they normally are. But, of course, normal in these times is relative. Unfortunately, a Berlin Senate spokesman declined our request for an interview, but we do have two teachers with us now to talk about their experience being back in the classroom this week. Joining me in studio is Ryan Plocher. He teaches English and history at a school in Neukölln. He is also active with the teachers union GEW in Berlin. Hi, Ryan, and welcome. Hi, good to be here. And joining us over the phone is Micah Brashier. Uh, he teaches music and ethics in Reinickendorf, and he's also a member of the Education Union. Welcome, Micah. Thank you. So this is the first week back in school. Micah, tell me what it was like to be back in the classroom. Well, it was a little bit chaotic or very chaotic. Uh, we're used to the fact that in Berlin, the school year usually begins with a fair amount of chaos, usually uh, the school looks a little bit like a construction site and no one's completely sure what classes they're going to be teaching. But this year, with uh, Corona and everything concerning that, seems to have taken the cake. Uh, we're sort of frantically trying to get the class list together and figure out what classes we're teaching. And no one really knows exactly what's going to happen or for how long. And uh, there's quite an atmosphere of uh, yeah, uncertainty and confusion. Okay, wow. Uh, Ryan, did you have a similar experience? What was it uh, like seeing your students again? Uh, it was certainly good to see uh, our students again. They were all very happy to be back at school. That was quite clear. Um, it was also clear that all of these attempts to keep them in different cohorts uh, fail as soon as they leave the building. Um, there were a lot of hugs and a lot of small groups. So a sort of normal first day back at school for all of the students, with the exception of it being over 80 degrees Fahrenheit, over 30 degrees C in the classroom, and wearing masks on top of that. So, And there is a debate over whether masks should be worn in the classroom in addition to being worn in the halls. Did you wear one? The rule, as we understood it at my school, was that you don't have to wear it in the classroom, and it's honestly so warm in my classroom that I couldn't handle it for more than 15 minutes. Um, and it was clear to me from the students that they were also not able to do it. And... 
Uh, Berlin is one of several German states starting school back up this week. But last week already, Mecklenburg, Western Pomerania, was the first state where students actually headed back to the classroom. And by the end of the week, we saw the news that a couple of schools had to temporarily shut down due to confirmed COVID-19 cases and not outbreaks, but there were individuals who tested positive. So there was this quarantine out of precaution. Micah, hearing this news uh, before the start of the school year in Berlin, did this give you cause for concern? Well, this news in and of itself did not give me cause for concern. I've actually been a little bit surprised about the way that it's been reported uh, and also uh, the way it's been talked about in school. It seems to reflect a certain amount of panic uh, and, frankly, irrationality concerning school openings. Um, That doesn't really say anything yet about what the really important question is, which is the extent to which the virus will be transferred within schools. And that's something which we don't really know everything about yet, but um, certainly doesn't say anything in and of itself one way or the other about what it means to open schools in the context of a pandemic, aside from the fact that there will be some students and teachers with the coronavirus. uh, But I think that's something everyone should have been aware of already. And we should say that Mecklenburg, Western Pomerania, has been largely spared during this pandemic. In terms of cases, it is uh, one of Germany's smallest states, and it's had fewer than 1,000 confirmed cases so far. And in context, um, Germany's Disease Prevention Authority, the Robert Koch Institute, reports there have been more than 217,000 cases in all of Germany. Um, But Ryan, how did you feel going into this week? The thing that's a disappointment is that we had the summer holidays to prepare for contingency plans. And I don't have the impression that any of the education ministries anywhere, um, especially not here in Berlin, have prepared adequately for the inevitable fact that some of some schools are going to have to go back to social distancing measures or some schools are going to have to close down entirely. Um, there hasn't been investment made in digital infrastructure. And they've made a few suggestions about how we could change end of year exams for different school leaving certificates. Um, but it's nothing that we can really plan with. And also these recommendations arrived on Friday. So um, as a teacher, I usually spend a little bit more than just a weekend before the first day of school anticipating what I'm going to do in the course of a term or a year. But when we know that the schools will probably close, then it's better to know what the contingency plans will be in order to anticipate and plan. And um, it seems like the education ministries all went on summer vacation with all of the school personnel rather than planning for the inevitable. But a key part of the Berlin Senate's reopening plan is to make testing available to teachers and staff for free and also regardless if they are experiencing symptoms. And they have done that. Is that something that offers you comfort, Ryan? Yeah, so regular people um, have had bad experiences with the Gesundheitsamt. um, And hopefully we will not share that experience. But have either of you tried to get a test in the past week? Or? No. And you, Micah? Uh, I haven't. I haven't. But uh, I mean, I think also the important question is what exactly the plan is for testing students on a regular basis. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been some talk that there is some sort of plan in place for testing a certain number. But uh, considering that there's, what, 350,000 children who are in schools in Berlin, considering that, yeah, there are, what, 560 active cases in Berlin, and let's say probably a couple hundred more at least that we don't know about, uh, seems that uh, there would have to be a pretty active uh, policy of regularly testing kids at schools to ensure that uh, that outbreaks don't go unnoticed. 
And last week, ahead of schools reopening here in Berlin, the Senate released a handbook for teachers and principals, nearly 60 pages long, with a portion about distance learning. Uh, Ryan, what did you think about the tips and materials that they gave? Um, I think the thing that's missing here is that, and this is something that's really been missing, I think, from a lot of media reporting on it, is that while a digital infrastructure is missing from schools, it's also missing from students. Um, I knew in the very first week of lockdown that a third of my students didn't have the necessary infrastructure at home. Either they didn't have a laptop or they didn't have a quiet space or they didn't have fast internet or they had to share um, the resources with several siblings. So I think the differences in infrastructure um, between groups of students is huge and no steps have really been taken to um, eliminate these differences with the exception of this window dressing purchase of iPads. And at my school, we've received exactly one iPad. And I'm thinking, yeah, nice that you spent all this money for whom exactly, but it's not going to change the fundamental problem that there are a lot of poor students in Berlin who are largely cut off from distance learning. Micah, what ideally would you have liked to seen come out of uh, the Berlin Senate during the summer? I think exactly this type of planning for the situation which we have, which is that neither is everything great nor is everything terrible. Uh, a little bit more thinking about uh, what this means, a little bit more uniformity between the schools, not that every school has to do exactly the same thing, but uh, for the guidelines to be a little bit clear, some of them certainly could have been in place before the holidays so that we maybe even could have gone into the holidays with a little bit clearer idea of, of what it is that we're going to be doing this year. And Ryan, what about you? What would you have wanted to see from Sandra Scheres, Berlin's education senator, or the Berlin Senate as a whole? What I'm in particular missing from Senator Scheres, but also from all of the education ministers in Germany, is that they become an advocate for education in this country. Um, Germany has spent a huge amount of money investing to compensate for the corona crisis. But unfortunately, schools are not Lufthansa. We're not part of the export economy. And all of the problems that we had before in schools, regular infrastructure, digital infrastructure, a teacher shortage, all of these problems are worsened and made more important by COVID-19. But did any education minister wander through uh, the talk shows this summer demanding that schools get as much money as Lufthansa? No. But in the end, you both basically believe that it is the right call for students to be back physically in classrooms. But Micah, do you have colleagues that wish that there had been a delayed start or think that everything should be done digitally and don't want to be in the classroom at all? Well, look, I think the schools are something of a mirror of society. And uh, amongst my colleagues, you see, I guess, the same spectrum of opinions that you have outside in society. So there's probably a couple people that think it's all made up, and there's probably a couple people that think that no one should be working until there's a vaccine. But what you really have is quite a lot of people in the middle that are in a dilemma because, like me and Ryan, they recognize the importance or the necessity of kids getting an education and being in school. They recognize all the negative consequences of uh, learning from home. At the same time, they also recognize that the circumstances uh, in which we work and the circumstances in which kids learn are not such that this can be done without a fair amount of risk. So then every individual sort of has his own or her own opinion about what the best thing to do at the moment would be, but no one really can get out of this fundamental dilemma. And Ryan? There is a third way between reopening the schools entirely and continuing to do distance learning, which wasn't working. Um, but that would require a huge change in 
um, the way we think about schools and the purpose of schools. So if we're constantly focused on grades and passing examinations and getting school certificates and making sure your kid gets into a gymnasium, then yeah, we have to reopen the schools. But if we decide that schools are actually about learning, then we could handle this middle way because we'd be making compromises here and there, but it wouldn't be that much of a strain or that much of a stress. Has this whole situation given either of you second thoughts about being teachers? No. No, not at all. I mean, we got full pay during the entire lockdown. And if you have a pre-existing condition, you're allowed to stay at home. And I certainly don't want to say that we should be worried about being teachers in a city full of artists who have been on welfare for the last six months um, and are losing everything that they've ever worked for. Absolutely. Okay, well, we have to leave it there. Uh, Ryan Plocher is a teacher in Neukölln, and Micah Brashier teaches in Reinickendorf. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you for tuning in to Studio Berlin. Remember that you can find us now on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to subscribe to the show. I'm Sylvia Cunningham. Have a good week and stay healthy. <laughs>